Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hardman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all Pittsburgh Steelers needs, news, features, commentary, you name it. That's where you should go for all your black and gold news. Now, in case I say this every episode, in case you have not, didn't know, we do have a YouTube channel. Check us out there. Search BTSC Steelers Radio, as well as check us out in podcast form. That's go to iTunes, search the standard is a standard, and you'll get all of that great stuff there. It is the dead season. We've been talking about this the last few episodes, but there is news today on several fronts. We're going to start off with what I thought was the most intriguing news, and that comes from Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell was interviewed by the NFL Network after it was released that he was fifth, the fifth best player, and this is from fellow teammates, uh, even players around the NFL, they vote on this, supposedly. And he was the fifth, number five. Not bad. We'll talk about that in a second. But that's not what was important here. What was important here is that he did an interview with the NFL Network. And, of course, they're going to ask him about the contract situation. I was actually surprised at Bell's response. Some of you out there may not have been surprised. You may have, been, may, may have thought, well, it's status quo. Bell was very positive when he talked with the NFL Network. He said that he was confident that he feels that the two sides will get a deal done. He said that he wanted to get a deal done. And he said that they were closer now than they were at any time last year when they went through the same thing. But they have until July 16th, so there's plenty of time. But I like, personally, I like the fact that Bell is positive. We've heard sometimes when he's in the public eye, uh, when he's being interviewed, his comments are not always positive. He'll talk about his value. He'll talk about how he wants to be paid like a number one wide receiver, a number one running back, I'm sorry, and a number two wide receiver. He'll talk about things like resetting the running back market. It just comes off as negative. I thought this was very positive. Does this matter? No, not at all. It, it, nothing's going to matter until the two sides get in a room, which probably won't be until about July 14th or 15th, and actually start hammering out realistic details of a potential new contract. But this got me thinking, what if we've all been wrong all along? Myself, other writers at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, national, local media, what if we got it all wrong? What if Le'Veon Bell actually signs a long-term contract what if the contract that he signs is in the four-year range they backload the contract it saves them cap space this year it keeps him with the Steelers in the prime of his career there's a time and a place for black and white like when you're learning to play piano 
or when you want a big two-toned cookie, or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white. So go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing, from banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 10, 18. Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. I got to think that that would be the best case scenario, right? I get that Lady on Bell has not been a model citizen off the field. We talk about the suspensions, the missed drug tests earlier in his career. We talk about his behavior during these negotiations at times, whether it's trying to paint himself as a villain or things of that nature. Take all that out of the equation, and you have to hope that the one of your best football players stays on your favorite football team. I guess today, when I wrote the article this morning, after here reading the, the transcript of the interview, there was a little glimmer of hope that maybe, just maybe, Le'Veon Bell and the Steelers could come to terms on a new contract. And there's there's a camp of fans that will say they don't want him re-signed no matter what. They'll talk about how they can't send that much salary cap towards one player, They'll talk about how he doesn't fit the scheme anymore. They'll talk about things even like that they're running the wheels off of him, figuratively and literally. Honestly, I, I think that, I again, I'm going to refer back to my old standard. I trust the Steelers. If they want him to stay, then they must like what they see enough that he is going to be healthy, that he is capable in, the, in this new scheme of Randy Feetner, and that he'll be successful for the duration of that contract. At the same time, I also realize that if the Steelers are not that interested, then the deal will never get done. But at least from Bell's side of things, there's a little glimmer of hope today, and I just kept on thinking, what if we were all wrong? What if we wake up, I don't know, tomorrow, July 5th, July 15th, and there's the news, breaking news. Le'Veon Bell signs four-year contract with Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, my goodness, I think everyone would be absolutely stunned. The thing is, though, is everyone, if that were to happen, and I'm not saying that I think it will, everyone should also be extremely happy if that happens because you forget sometimes how good he is because of what he does off the field, the rapping and all that stuff. But anyways... Let's talk about the, the title of this podcast, this YouTube video, wherever you're watching or listening. Basically titled, What's Missing on this 2018 roster? Now, I have to be honest, there are some times in this, this time of year where you, you sometimes struggle as a, as a writer, as an editor, as a creator. Uh, you know, you got to find fresh ideas. There's not always news out there like there was today with Le'Veon Bell. And so I was, I was on YouTube, and sometimes I'll just type in Pittsburgh Steelers and see what comes up. And I'm scrolling through the videos, and I see the Super Bowl 40, 30-minute, 45-minute, whatever it is, without commercials, America's Game pop up. I was like, I haven't seen this in a long time. So I watched a few minutes. Brought back some really cool memories. Then I see Super Bowl 43s right there in a related video. So I watched a little bit of that as well. And I started to think to myself... Man, these teams were great, but they weren't perfect. And they like I think sometimes fans look back on Super Bowl championship teams and think, 
that team had no weakness at all. Let me explain what I mean a little bit. In 2005, the Pittsburgh Steelers, think about their offense. Okay, second-year quarterback Ben Roethlisberger, definitely not comfortable throwing the ball a lot. They ran the ball well with Jerome Bettis, Willie Parker. Your receivers were Antoine Randall-L, Heinz Ward primarily. Cedric Wilson was there at the time. Offensive line was decent with Max Starks. I believe Chris Kimoyatu, uh, Willie Colon. Not sure if he was on that team or not. Um, you had Heath Miller, Jeremy Tooman, uh, Jeff Hardings was the center at the time. Not a bad offense. Definitely not great, but not a bad offense. I, I didn't think so. Uh, they definitely struggled at times, you know, kind of imposing their will. They were a running football team. It's Bill Cowher style. They were going to run it, grind out the clock. That's what they did. And you go on the defense, and everyone thinks, man, that 2005 defense was awesome. It was pretty good. Um, think about the front three. You had Kimo Von Olhoff and uh, Aaron Smith and Casey Hampton. Very good defensive front. Brett Kiesel came in towards the end of that season and started to you know, become a rotational player. The inside linebackers, Larry Foote, James Ferrier, I think what people forget, though, and, and you hear this talk all the time now about how Bud Dupree and T.J. Watt are not good enough. They're not good enough bookend outside linebackers. That was a defense that had Joey Porter, definitely above average at what he does, but also Clark Hagens. People forget James Harrison wasn't in the picture at that point. Clark Hagens and James Harrison, not really your all-time crazy starter list there. Okay, in the back end, you had Troy Polamalu, Ryan Clark. Awesome safety tandem. I would say one of the best in Steelers history. Um, and then you have the cornerbacks. Well, who were the cornerbacks? You had Ike Taylor, Deshae Townsend, um, Bryant McFadden was on that team. The cornerbacks were always considered the weakness of the defense. But that team had weaknesses. The passing game, the cornerbacks, the pass defense as a whole. And they still won a Super Bowl. They still were able to win a Super Bowl, the one for the thumb. So let's go to 2009. Now, 2009 is like a different beast altogether. That 2008-2009 defense was phenomenal. We're talking James Harrison and Lamar Woodley. That defense in front of Aaron Smith, Casey Hampton, and Brett Kiesel. Farrier and Foot still in the middle. Clark and Palomalu in the back end. Again, the question mark, if there is one on defense, would be at the cornerbacks. Uh, Deshae Townsend was still in the slot, and you had Ike Taylor. But on offense, I mean, you had Santonio Holmes. Um, excuse me, you still had Heinz Ward. Bettis was gone. Willie Parker was back there. Moelle Day Moore. It, the offensive line was rough. It was tough to watch. They, they had Max Starks for that year, but the, the center was, um, I want to say it was Hartwig. Um, Kimoyatsu was there. I think Willie Cologne was still there. Just really rough. I mean, that was the see. Those were the years that Roethlisberger got killed repeatedly. The offense. How many games did Jeff Reed win because he was able to kick more field goals than the opposition? I'm not saying that hasn't happened recently. We all know Chris Boswell is more than capable. But it got me thinking to kind of bring this full circle. It got me thinking, what is this 2018 team missing? Think about it. This offense from the offensive line back is stacked. It's stacked. 
Le'Veon Bell, Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, that whole line, they are tremendous. I don't see too many weaknesses on that side of the, of the field. It kind of reminds me of the defense in 0809, where you had some weaknesses. So you might say that the tight end position is a weakness, but it it's it's really not that big of a deal. Now, on the defensive side, we know that there's issues. You have the inside linebackers, a question mark. Nose tackle for some is a question mark. And safety is a question mark. I think cornerback is not really a huge question mark, but it's still all the 2018-2019, that offense was, was rough, and yet they still won a Super Bowl. So that comes back to what is this team missing? And that, that's why I just couldn't get through my head. So I, I really wrote the article and posed it as a question of, of what do you think this team is missing? A lot of people said it's team cohesion. I, I could see that. There's a lot of individuals on the team. There's people that look out for themselves. It doesn't mean that they don't care about the Steelers. It doesn't mean that they don't care about winning. They also care about themselves and how they look and how they play and how they respond. So team cohesion, I could see that. I don't think it's a coaching thing. I really don't. I do think that the Steelers as a whole, you know, when you win a Super Bowl, sometimes you need to get lucky. And the Steelers, if you think back to last year, I, I think everyone kind of thought maybe that was the year that luck was going to go on their side. You had those crazy finishes where they were beating teams that were hanging around. Like I think about the Packers game is, is one. Um, just barely squeaking by. And then the Patriots game comes, and we all know how that ended with Jesse James and the interception, and maybe luck wasn't on their side. Injuries are huge. You have to be if you, the healthiest team sometimes is a team that wins it all. But I guess my ultimate point here is that I hope that fans can look back on the 05 and 09 teams and realize this 2018 team is capable of winning a Super Bowl. So many people disagree. So many people have become so jaded by that loss to the Jaguars last year in the AFC Divisional Round, that they think this team is not very good, that they are a team that is going to tank, and they are a team that is slowly on the decline. I cannot disagree more. I think this is a team that is still going to contend, not only in the division, but in the AFC for a top seed. I think this is a team that if they can just get a couple plays, we're talking playmakers, on defense to take the ball away. I like the additions that they've made on offense. This team has everything that it takes to win a Super Bowl. The question then is, can they come together? Can they do it together? Can they do enough, make enough plays? That's to be determined. But if you're a fan out there listening or watching and thinking, this team sucks, I, I and you might think right now, Jeff, who's saying that? There are people that are saying that. There are definitely people that are saying that. I read it every day in the comment section. This team has a lot of promise. I'll put it that way. Look back at those teams, kind of reference back those last two championship teams. This team is more than capable of following that same blueprint for both seasons. Okay, so the last thing I want to talk about before we get to a little question and answer session is those NFL Network Top 100. A lot of fans have wanted to know my thoughts on well, where did everyone finish? You know, you had Ryan Chazier and Cameron Hayward back around 50. Uh, you had David DeCastro, who was up there a little bit higher. 
Ben Roethlisberger, I think, came in at 18th, maybe, or maybe it was 12th. I can't remember. To be honest, I think it was 18th. And then, obviously, last night, or Monday night, they announced that Le'Veon Bell was 5th, Antonio Brown was 2nd. I agree with both of those positions. I think that Antonio Brown, if they it's tough to rank anyone over Tom Brady, even though Tom Brady didn't win the Super Bowl. But Antonio Brown is legitimizing not just himself, but the wide receiver position. It used to be similar to the running back and quarterback award, which we might as well, that's what we should call it, but it's the MVP award. Um, Antonio Brown, I, I look back at last season, if he wouldn't have gotten hurt against the Patriots, if there's a if there's a wide receiver year that is worthy of a hall of a MVP honor, it might have been last year. The stuff that Antonio Brown did was ridiculous. Nonetheless, this year in, in, in the upcoming odds, Antonio Brown is fifty to one odds to win the MVP. Why? Because no wide receiver has ever won the award. It's always been a running back or a quarterback. Very few defensive players. Okay, so I, I agreed with it. I, I didn't think it was bad at all. I thought that five was uh, very much a good spot for Bell. I thought that two was perfect for Antonio Brown. So there you have it. For those that want to, you know, gripe and complain, I'm not going to be, you're not going to find me doing, number one, I don't really care. Uh, number two, I just think that ultimately they, they're where they should be. Okay, so we have a couple questions for our question and answer segment. Like I said, I go on Twitter about five minutes before we go on air. Today was a little bit longer, about 10. You can follow us on Twitter, by the way, at BT Steel Curtain. And you can comment and you can let us know what you think and answers have some questions. So this came from Isaac, who's a longtime listener, follower of the show. He said, do, you, do I think James, if James Conner has a great year in 2018, uh, will Bell be gone next season if a deal isn't made? Well, Isaac, plain and simple, I think if a deal doesn't get done, Bell's gone no matter what. They're not going to tr- franchise tag him for a third year. It would cost way too much money. Uh, and so because of that, if they don't get a deal done, this is Le'Veon Bell's last year in Pittsburgh. If they do get a deal done, I think they still have a very good backup running back in James Conner. He still has a lot to prove in the receiving game, in the pass-blocking game, uh, in the durability game, if there is such a thing. But ultimately, I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers are in a good spot at running back. If they have to get rid of, of Le'Veon Bell, you know, they, they let him go because he didn't sign a contract, he's a free agent, they're going to have options. If James Conner plays well, like you allude to in your question, they might think that he's a number one guy. If they don't like what they've seen or they don't think he's that guy, then they can pick someone up in the draft, they can look at the free agent market, they have options. Okay, so that's that's the way to answer your question there, Isaac. Thank you for the question, by the way. We have another one from David. Uh, David Harris, he says, uh, which rookie do I think will be, have the biggest uh, impact this upcoming season? Um, I've been asked this question before. We've talked about it on the show uh, multiple times. To me, it comes down to what do you mean by impact? If impact is simply going every time you're on the field, you're making a play, I would be tempted to say Marcus Allen. I don't think Marcus Allen is going to be playing safety much in his rookie season. If he is, that could be a problem for Pittsburgh. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie. 
MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. But I think on special teams, he could be a difference maker. And so that's an impact. However, if we're talking about impact as this guy's a player, he's a starter, he's someone that's seeing the field a ton, I would lean towards James Washington, second-round draft pick out of Oklahoma State. I think that he has the best chance to see the field. He's at a position which is going to be uh, it's going to be conducive to him succeeding, especially with a quarterback like Ben Roethlisberger throwing him the football with Juju Smith-Schuster and Antonio Brown drawing a lot of attention away from him. All those reasons I think he's going to play more. The more you play, the more opportunities you have. The more opportunities you have to succeed, the more, obviously, you, the better chance you have of being, as you called it, an impact player. So it depends on how you view the impact, but if I were to just take the general status here, I'm going to go with second-round draft pick uh, James Washington out of Oklahoma State. So, David, thank you for the question. Remember, you can check us out on Twitter, like I said, about, I don't know, 10 minutes or so before. I ask if there anyone has any questions to finish out the show. Now, just to give you a little programming notice here, we do plan on having a dual podcast. Uh, the standard is the standard. Myself and Lance Williams, my longtime co-host, back on the show Thursday night. That's our plan, Thursday night at 9.30. Is the plan we'll see. Hopefully that pans out for everyone. We hope you can watch. If not, remember to check us out on YouTube. Go to BTSE Steelers Radio. Subscribe. Hit the thumbs up button. We appreciate all the comments. Had some great discussion in the last show. Um, and then if you've missed it, you forget, whatever, go to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Folks, even in the offseason, we're giving you at least six articles a day during the week and almost four or five, sometimes six on the weekends. If you're a Steelers fan, if you're a fanatic, there's no better place for you to go. It's the best content. It might not be as much the best content. It's your one-stop shop. I'm really not joking. So make sure you check it out. I'm Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. We'll see you next time. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation. And I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.